Welcome back to Official and Official. It's your boy, Johnny Junta. Um, we're going to be doing a little bit something different here. I might have to, I'm going to start going into summaries at the start of the episode, telling you guys what this episode's about and all that, or just who, who we have on, if you guys want to hear my stupid voice. Anyways, we have Ben Porter on this episode. He, is, he's, he has 7,000 followers. Ever heard of him? He has a tweet with 23,000 retweets. Is that good? So we have Ben Porter. We talk about the long gone summer documentary with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. We talk about how much of a joke the MLB owners are. And, and we talk about if I could hit over 300 in the 1940s or 60s, and I kind of get denied from that. But whatever, though. Let's just start this now. We're going to cut it to our boy, Ben Porter. Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American, Johnny Junta. And we're here with a special guest, man. He is, can we call you a Twitter personality? Would that be an appropriate thing to call you? You can. You know, you can call yeah. me whatever you want, man. All right, we'll call you Twitter por- Twitter personality Ben Porter. What is up, Ben? Yeah, man, it's uh, happy to be here. Um, I think it's a little bit overdue. We've been talking for a while now, and I'm happy to be on. Yeah, like I said, man, I mean, I... I uh, I used to see you on Twitter all the time because I believe uh, Big Cat actually follows you from Barstool. Big Cat, yeah. is that right? Is that correct? Big Cat follows you. Not a big deal. Yeah. Humble brag there. Big Cat follows you. Uh, so I used to always kind of see your tweets just kind of pop on my feed that he liked or whatever. So I always knew that you were one of those guys that was like pretty funny with baseball on Twitter. So I was like, man, I got to follow this guy, reach out to him. When did, so what tweet for you kind of blew you up or got you a lot of followers specifically? Um, so I had two, um, the first one that went like wicked viral was the, it was the Astros cowbell tweet. It was yeah. like Astros dugout when the, um, when the catcher gives a change up sign or a curveball sign. And I did the cowbell from SNL skit. Um, and then the next one I did one about a prank that, uh, who was it? It was a, it was a prank on Derek Bell when they auctioned off his uh, car on the field, that one brought in like 2000 plus followers. And then it kind of just snowballed from there. So yeah, like just a little humble brag there. I mean, you're buzzing. I mean, I think you have 7,000 followers on Twitter, which is just bananas. I mean, what, what tweet? So on that Astros tweet, how many retweets did it end up getting? Because I, it it like, it just has so many views on that video. (laughs) It's like 23,000. I think it's my pin. It's my pin tweet. So, that's the one you'll see if you uh, you go to my account. Yeah, so uh, let's get right into it. I mean, yeah, uh, the documentary dropped yesterday, Long Gone Summer. Uh, yep. I have a couple things. I wanted to bring up the first thing because I, I wrote this down. I just wanted to bring up how crazy, crazy good Ken Griffey Jr. is. Just to kind of be in that group of two guys that are clearly juicing on the roids. And Ken Griffey Jr., no, no performance-enhancing drugs. Just all natural, just the most beautiful swing in baseball is just competing with these guys. I just wanted to bring up how crazy it is that that guy was able to kind of go toe-to-toe with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa while doing it legally. Yeah, and and the fact that, I mean, nobody even talks about that he was in that race for for so long. And he ended up with, I mean, what, mid-50s total? And he's top 10 all time. I mean, the fact that he can be in that conversation with, with so many injuries and all that, I mean, he would, he would probably be number one. You have to think, right? Yeah. What do you think about the documentary though? Like for me, my standpoint is, is like, 
it didn't really touch upon the steroids, the cheating, the kind of the dirty stuff. It was basically like, I guess, like I usually say, they were just pumping Mark McGuire's tires. I mean, Sammy Sosa maybe said 10 words, that whole documentary. Like, literally, Sammy Sosa, he probably watched that last night, and he was livid because he had he didn't talk in that whole documentary pretty much. Right. Uh, I I did, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, for me, it felt like you're watching from the lens of 1998. Um, I guess looking back on it, you know, you know all the steroid stuff, you know the cork bat stuff with Sammy. Um, the thing I liked most about it, besides watching them just hit tanks, was I never realized how, like, amicable they were or, like, how good of friends it seemed like they were and how friendly they were and uh, press conferences before the game and all that. So I like seeing them interact together. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed, I definitely enjoyed the documentary, just kind of seeing the absolute tanks that those guys would hit. It's just like the whole Sammy Sosa part is just mind boggling to me. The fact that he will just take it to the grave that he didn't do steroids when it's like, dude, like Mark McGuire, like look how good Mark McGuire's life is now after he admitted he did steroids, right? I mean, he's coaching the Padres. He's a hitting coach for the Padres. His jersey's retired. He's in the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame. He's accepted back in St. Louis. Sammy Sosa just said, I'm not going to admit it because I didn't do it. Not allowed back at Wrigley Field. The Cubs rarely talk about him. Baseball, he's pretty much gone in baseball. No opportunity to coach, none of that stuff. And he's just an idiot. Like I, I, That's my standpoint on Sammy Sosa. I don't know what you genuinely think about his idea to just refuse to admit that he did steroids. Uh, it's just a, it's just a classic deny, deny, deny type deal. And it's kind of like if you can't officially prove it, I think they were saying, what was it, the New York Times report? So there's only one person or group of people who actually know for fact. Um, I guess he's just going to his grave with it, like you said. It, it's cra- It's honestly crazy, man, that this guy is just – he was so lo- I mean obviously I was 1 years old when this when this obviously was happening in 1998 but it's just honestly insane to look back on this and think like that these two guys were Sammy Sosa I believe hit 20 bombs in 1 month. Could you imagine if someone did that now? Like 20 bombs in 1 month is like people don't even hit that in 162 games let alone a month. So it's just incredible to me that I kind of enjoy it. I don't really care about the steroids and stuff. I think it's incredible hitting 20 bombs in a month. Oh, dude, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, that's one thing I was thinking about, actually. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we kind of grew up with, with steroid guys, you know, in baseball. And, you know, Sammy Sosa was my favorite player growing up. And I think it's interesting how people react to, to cheating and like the Astros cheating scandal as opposed to like the steroid era because a lot of people are saying you know steroids are fucking awesome um, <laughs> you watch these guys hit bombs everyone everyone loves looking back at the steroid era um, but so I think it's interesting how how we kind of treat those things a bit differently yeah it, it you definitely have a really good point there and you did tweet yesterday that you that you said the MLB kind of endorsed steroids to get the game back together back like popular and i genuinely think they did like if you think about it man after that season where i believe they had a lockout or it wasn't a lockout what was it it was um it's a 94 strike yeah the 94 strike <laughs> baseball it was that that was the year that baseball was like we're just gonna have replacement players i i believe it was that year 
And baseball was dying in that time. I mean, you had football, obviously, in the U.S., which is just unbelievably big. You have you have hockey, which kind of goes close to into the summer in, in Canada. So baseball was dying back then. And the next thing you know, you see these two freaks, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, just kind of say, don't worry, Bud League, I got this shit. And they sing. It's incredible if you look at those stadiums and stuff like that. And in the documentary, I believe it was this atmosphere is bigger than the World Series. How crazy is that? Just the guy hitting home run of an atmosphere. I know, and and I think it said that the Cardinals weren't even in the in the pennant race at all. Uh, people were just packing the stadium legitimately just to see Mark McGuire go go deep. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if I would say that. Selig really like endorsed steroids or whatever, but he had to have known it was going on. And I mean, I don't blame him for sitting idly by because, you know, you're selling tickets, you're getting nationally televised games that might not have been otherwise, and people were going crazy for the chase. So I don't necessarily blame him for that, but they threw him under the bus at the end. They were like, ah, oh, yeah, all these players did it. Um, We'll crack down on it later. It wasn't, yeah, we knew it was going on. We let it happen. And Yeah, true. I, it's just the funny part about that documentary is yesterday when they just absolutely throw the biggest ricochet shot of all time at Barry Bonds. Like they just mention <laughs> the steroids and then they just show Barry Bonds when both of the guys who the documentary is about did steroids. And then Barry Bonds must have just been watching it at home and doing like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's pointing at the TV. <laughs> like, what the fuck? It, dude, it, it's honestly incredible. If you, th- if you look, if you watch that and you're Barry Bonds, you're like, all right, finally a documentary about like st- about home runs and stuff. And they don't have to mention me or just roast me about steroids. The next thing you know, closer to the end, ricochet shot at Barry Bonds, which is just incredible to me. Did you know, like, you noticed that, obviously, right? It was just hilarious. Yeah, Barry Bonds had two, two great moments in that, um, in the documentary. One of them was about a half-second clip when they were going back and forth, Sosa McGuire hitting bombs, and it showed Bonds in the outfield, like, Ah, shit. And (laughs) he had to have been thinking, oh, I'm coming for you guys. But, um, yeah, just, you know, his name more than anybody is is tied to steroids. So, which is unfortunate because all these guys are doing it and he was by far the best of them. You could put anyone on steroids. You could put Trout. You could put Alonzo. Doesn't matter. You can put anyone on steroids. And I don't think they're touching the numbers that Barry Bonds did year after year. So, but yeah, that had to, that had to have hurt. The other ricochet shot, though, was Harold Baines. Um, it, they brought up George uh, George Bush saying the worst mistake I ever made was was trading Sammy Sosa for uh, <laughs> yeah. for Harold Baines. So that one had to have hurt him. Dude, he probably laughed. Dude, it, you just you got you got to feel bad for that because there was also I mean we had Tyler Glass now on the podcast and he's a part of maybe the worst trade in Major League Baseball history. Um, I believe he got traded to the Pirates with Austin Meadows. For Chris Archer, and I, I th- that is a trade that's going to be mentioned for a very long time. Because, I mean, Tyler Glass now is a stud. Austin Meadows is a stud. I mean, Chris Archer is pretty good. It's just Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now are just freaks. So it just I couldn't even imagine running, like, the thought process to make these kind of trades and just looking back on it and being like, man, did I fuck this up. Like, just incredible. Well, hey, that, that was my guy, Chaim Bloom. Uh, so... 
he knows what he's doing over there and what he did know what he was doing over there in Tampa now lucky enough to have him with the Sox so that was a uh, like glass now could be a he'll be a Cy Young candidate Austin Meadows like kind of like a sleeper for MVP I guess but he could theoretically be in the conversation I mean that's an unbelievable get like you said and Archer's kind of fallen by the wayside yeah, yeah, for sure. And the, I wanted to also talk about, I, I believe they're making the announcement today if baseball's back, which is Monday, uh, June 15th. I just want to talk about the owners, man. I just, it just mind boggles me. It's, it's like you, when you buy a major league sports franchise, right? You buy a franchise, you have to take, you're, you're taking that risk about stuff happening, lockouts, uh, loose loss of profit, the game of baseball dying down. You you know that going into purchasing the team. So the fact that they made a deal first and then they're they're going back on the deal to save the money is just incredible to me how stupid some of these owners are, man. I it just it doesn't make sense to me that these guys don't they want to push the season back as long as possible to just save money, which is mind-boggling, man. Yeah, and it's it's not like they've been breaking even every year also. You know, they've been they've been racking up dollars for years and years like exponentially growing. And now all of a sudden with a little bump in the road they can't cover their own asses and they're asking the players to do it. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's like could you imagine working at a grocery store, right? And then the owner of the grocery store saying to you, "Listen, like I need you to work 8 weeks here, but I'm only going to pay you for 5." Like it is, it just doesn't make sense in the real world. Am I right or wrong? It just doesn't. This is just bananas that the owners are just trying to take money away from the players who are the ones that are putting the product on the field for you, who are making money for you, who are selling the jerseys for you, and you guys can't even give the have the audacity to pay them for what eighty games? Like, give me a break, man. I mean, I, I could be wrong on this. I, no. I don't know. <clears throat> no, you're not. You're not wrong, dude. And then they have the gall to say that the players association wasn't negotiating in good faith. I mean, it's it's crazy the blame they're trying to they're trying to say, "Oh yeah, you know, we wanted to get something done and then the players weren't." And the players the whole time were saying, "We're ready to go. You pay us for the work we're going to be doing, like you said, and tell us where to be and when." And the owners are like, "Nah, we'll just we'll just let it go." Yeah, it, it, that part to me is just incredible. It's just like it goes to show you that these scumbag loser owners do not want baseball to happen. They don't give a shit if they play one game or if they play 10 games or 160. They don't give a shit as long as money's going in their pocket. And I believe baseball just signed a billion dollar TV contract to play the playoffs. I, and poor owners might not are not going to see a dime of that, I guess. I guess that money's just going to vanish into the air. Like, the owners are, are going to get a shit ton of that. And the Major League Baseball's going to get a shit ton of that. And they're complaining that they're poor. I mean, it just it doesn't make sense to me that the owners have the audacity to say that it, they can't lose, they're going to lose too much money to pay the players when they literally, right in the player's face, sign a billion-dollar TV deal or whatever it was to broadcast the playoffs, right? Yeah, it was it was Turner Sports. It was a billion dollars just for one LCS series. So it was just a ridiculous amount of money for for one series. Oh yeah, and it couldn't have broken at a more perfect time to kind of I think <laughs> if people were on the fence about whether they were on the owners or the players side, that has to push them to the players side because 
I mean, they're like, we're poor, we're poor, we don't have any money. Oh, here's here. Wait, we have a billion dollars in the bank now. It's just unbelievable. And those idiots on Twitter that take sides of the owners and that roast the players, like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, the owners are the ones, first of all, that when you go to the game, like, let's say I go to a Blue Jays game, the owners are the ones that make the beer prices $12 for one beer. Those, the, I mean, it's not the players doing that. So, and the people th- saying like, dude, just play baseball. Like you're getting paid millions of dollars. The, the normal citizens get to take a hit. Yeah. Normal citizens get to take a hit, but they're getting paid for every hour they work. Major league baseball players have to risk. Let's say they blow their arm out, get Tommy John in those 30 games that they're not going to get paid for or whatever. They're fucked. Like, I mean, they're not, it just, it's so stupid to me, man. I, do you have people coming at you on Twitter about saying, just let, like, play baseball? Um, Not too much, but I, I see a ton of it. I mean, everyone's tweeting about it. Everyone's, it, it's a strange group of people, man. Uh, the people who are so upset at whatever in life, I don't know, that they're taking it out on the on the players. Everyone uses the argument like, Oh, I hate seeing millionaires complain about how many millions they're going to make. And and that's just straight up not the case for a lot of these guys. <laughs> yeah. You got guys like all the young guys, young studs like Juan Soto, let's say, he's he's going to make like 200k in a 50 game season, which is like a lot to the normal a normal person, but to these guys who deserve way more, like they shouldn't take pennies on the dollar to play you know, to play a ton of games and, like you said, put themselves at risk, not only for normal sports injuries, but for the the coronavirus. I mean, people kind of forget we're in a pandemic, too. Yeah, no, exactly. You're definitely right on that, man. It's just like baseball is it's who are we kidding, man? I mean, baseball is slowly. I mean, it's always been at the bottom of the food chain, I guess, of dying sports. Right. I mean, basketball is so popular. You have NFL who literally own a day of the week and the NFL owns Sunday. Like Sunday is owned by the NFL. And then baseball. I mean, it's such a long season. It's hard. It's kind of a dying sport. And baseball had an opportunity, man, to be that only sport playing during this pandemic. Get all the views. Have kids watching, going crazy that their sports back. Kind of, and they they dropped the ball. I mean, now people are like, okay, baseball, you don't want to play. The NHL is going to be back in July. NBA is going to be back in July. College football is going to be back soon. NFL is going to be back soon. Cool. Like, don't play baseball. It's just it. it they had a chance, baseball had a chance to be that sport, the sport of the summer, the sport during this pandemic that people can look on to, that can, they can gamble on, watch, do all that kind of stuff, and they dropped the ball. Now no one really cares if baseball's back or not, technically, right? Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. They totally squandered an opportunity. And, and the thing is, now it's on the players to try to save the game. Uh, like like we saw in the in the documentary after the ninety four strike, <clears throat> so the Sosa McGuire home run chase kind of put baseball back on the map. I mean the owners aren't doing that. The league certainly isn't doing it with marketing. So it's going to be the players' responsibility, whether they like it or not, to try to bring popularity back to the sport. So again, they're doing shit and the owners aren't. Yeah, it's it's crazy that the owners just think we run this shit like we're the reason like you guys aren't the reason you guys are filling stadiums mike trout when mike trout comes to toronto he's the reason why the rogers center is full when the jays are going to be good again because they're going to be a wagon 
that's the the Bobachet, Vladdy, those guys are gonna be the reason the stadium is filling, not Rogers t- telecommunications media who own the Blue Jays. They're not the reason the stadium's filling. I mean, it dude, it, if if you don't have Sosa McGuire, I believe, in ninety-eight or or whatever, I think baseball now is is so dead, it's incredible. Those guys saved the game, man. And and, and if the, the, the game needs something like that now, man. And thank God they have Mike Trout and Juan Soto and these kind of guys because it's just baseball is going to slowly just die in the wind, be like the last replay they show on Sportsnet or Sports Center because they have all sports back now, right? Yeah, I'm, there, there's a lot of problems with baseball right now, but that's that's definitely it. I mean, the other ones are just gaining popularity and baseball hasn't been for a while um i think a lot of it has to do with social media and how the players are kind of silenced but i mean you look at something like this and it, it just proves that the league doesn't care about it i mean the nba the nba is almost like a soap opera when it's not going on i mean you've got crazy off-field shit happening people chirping each other on social media I mean, they're doing what they can to make it exciting and have fans reeled in. The owners are probably on a conference call every day talking about how can we squeeze as much money as possible out of this league. Yeah, and you have the NBA who had a game plan like a month ago pretty much. Like they had it all figured out. They're going to go to Orlando and play basketball. Teams are going to stay in hotels. Like that's what I they need in baseball they need owners that are like dude give me this shit back i need the money i need the money i need the i need the revenue that's what nba is doing and nba does such a great job of marketing i mean every single night i mean you see a crazy dunk a crazy like someone gets crossed over or someone gets blocked or anything like that in baseball it's just like i they'll, they'll show the odd i guess a guy getting robbed of a home run which is cool they'll show the cool diving catch but they don't advertise guys like Mike Trout who are on pace to be the great who's on pace to be the greatest baseball player to ever walk this planet and he's just kind of they're just wasting his prime by just let's just let's just milk this season as short as possible it's crazy it's crazy they're doing this to Mike Trout if I'm Mike Trout I'm fist fighting Rob Manfred straight up i i it just, it's incredible to watch this i i mean i don't know yeah and another thing that they don't do that the nba does like they advertise NBA advertises matchups. They'll be like, watch Kawhi take on LeBron. Watch, I'm not a huge basketball fan, so I don't know. Watch Giannis take on whoever. Um, MLB doesn't do that. Like, they might put a graphic up with, you know, Shohei and Trout and then Altuve and Bregman or something, but they're not advertising, I don't know, Scherzer facing Acuna. You know, they're not, they're not doing that with the matchups that people will be able to actually watch. So that's an, that's just some uh, just another area that they're falling behind in. Oh yeah, it just if if you like talk if you thought about it, man. I mean, back in the early two thousands, they had such a good opportunity to advertise the game of baseball when you were looking at the Yankees Red Sox rivalry. I mean, these guys were literally beating the shit out of each other on the field. You had Pedro right. Martinez throw Don Zimmer like a seven year old man to the ground in the middle of a baseball game it just you have such a good opportunity to advertise this this rivalry this like this hatred like they do in the nba that could just continue to go and now when the yankees and red sox play yes it's on primetime sunday night baseball but you're not advertising like these two teams hate each other they've had a history of hating each other since the 19 since the early 1900s the yankees red sox rivalry man looking back on it 
for me is what kind of started my love for the game of baseball because I was like, man, this is electric. Like you can have a sport with two with two guys with a guy that has the ability to throw a ninety five mile an hour fastball at someone's rib cage and he'll do it, and then just the benches will clear. They benches go back to the dugout, and then that's it. They have to keep playing the game, which is incredible. Yeah, and MLB tries to sweep that shit under the rug. Like, you know, if you have some bad blood, you have Bumgarner versus Max Muncie or something. You have uh, Jack Flaherty versus Ronald Acuna or, or um, Jose Urena versus Ronald Acuna. Like, you almost don't even hear about that stuff because MLB doesn't want there to be violence or bad blood. But if you look on Major League Baseball's YouTube account, like... All of the top videos are brawls and fights and beanball. And, and people, people love that shit. Like you said, um, the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry in the early 2000s, it was like, when, not if. It was when is the fight going to break out? And that's what people were tuning in to watch. I mean, obviously the baseball was good. There were two good teams going at it. But you wanted to watch to see when the first ball was going to be thrown at somebody or when the first punch was going to be thrown. I mean, that's what people wanted to watch. Yeah, and if you look at it now, I mean, Amir Garrett, our boy, my boy, against the Pirates. When when the Pirates played the Reds next, do you think maybe, maybe Major League Baseball advertised they're playing each other again after the fight? Like, it just, they didn't even mention it, dude. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, they yeah. fought, and then I believe they played again, like, a week after against each other. And it, it was just swept under the rug that Amir Garrett took the whole team on one versus 40. It's incredible that they don't advertise the shit like that because that's what we want to watch. I don't really care. I don't like, yes, it's cool seeing home runs, all that kind of stuff, but I want to see the, the drama, the stuff that brings fans, brings people in. Like, I want to see next time Amir Garrett steps on the mound against the Pirates, I want to ESPN, like, stop it, feature, let's watch Amir Garrett go up against the, uh, the, the Pirates right now. That's what I want to see, man. And like they had an opportunity with it last year, right? I mean, they could have showed him, they could have primetimed the, the Pirates versus Reds. Two teams that weren't really that good last year, but my God, did that video get a lot of views? Did that game get a lot of views, right? Yeah, definitely. And you could just put a camera on Yasiel Puig at all times and hope he fights someone. And yeah, uh, I mean, no, you're totally right, though. I mean, that's the type of thing that they just don't show. I mean, you might get a clip on Twitter or, or Instagram of, someone chirping somebody but but that's the extent of it you know they're not trying to pull in fans they're trying to replay what the fans knew already happened so like you said if if they advert if they showed the fight in an ad and we're like watch amir garrett and the reds take on the pirates who knows what's going to happen yeah. <laughs> that would be like oh yeah i'll tune into that that's all you have to say, really. Like, you don't even have to say, like, watch Amir Garrett. He's going to fight the Reds. Like, it's not a guarantee. I mean, he's going to fight the Pirates. Like, it's not a guarantee it's going to happen. But all you have to say in the narrative of the, of the video is be like, Pirates, Reds, bad blood. Amir Garrett fought the whole team last game. Tune in to see what happens next. That's all you have to say. Like, that's literally all ML NBA does. NBA doesn't hint at fighting. They just say that both these teams hate each other, right? I mean, that's all right. you have to really do. You have to you have to think like Vince McMahon kind of like how can you make you how can you advertise these rivalries and, and get people on the edge of their seat because they know what theoretically could happen and and they might not Amir Garrett's not just gonna charge everybody who who he sees he's a cool dude but you know the fact that it has happened and could happen in the future people are gonna tune in for that. 
Yeah, I love Major League Baseball brawls, man. Like, I'm just fascinated by them. Like, even just looking back on it, like, my favorite one all time was, I believe, Nolan Nolan Ryan and Robin Ventura, I believe. Was it Robin Ventura? Yeah, Nolan Ryan, who's literally like a grandfather at this time, (laughs) just takes Robin Ventura under his arm and just starts feeding him right hooks like it's nobody's business. Like, that's the kind of cool shit that why baseball was so popular back in the day, man, in like the 70s and 80s. It was... I mean, it was pretty popular, and you had the Reds, you had Pete Rose, guys that were controversial like that in the game of baseball. Yep. And now it's just like, who? if you walked up to someone on the street and you said to them, who's the face of baseball? Do you think majority of the people, let's just say in Canada, would answer that question? No. I mean, I struggle to answer that question. I'm a huge, huge baseball fan, obviously, and I kind of struggle with that question because there's obviously – there's obviously Mike Trout, who it should be, and then there's the actual guys who are popular for whatever reason. You got Bryce Harper, who who knows, but there isn't a defined one, I would say. So, yeah. I mean, no, people aren't going to be able to answer that. True, and if you go up to Canada and you can ask someone, like, let's just say a random person who doesn't really know anything about sports, you say, name a basketball player, name the face of basketball, they'll say LeBron James because he's the best. He's the best ever, in my opinion. You go up to a random person and say, who, who, who's the face of baseball? And then, and and obviously, it's Mike Trout. He's the best player in baseball. And people, I guarantee you, people don't even know who Mike Trout is in Canada. The majority of people don't even know who Mike Trout is, which is a crime to me, to be honest. But I mean, I saw you shake your head there when I said LeBron James the greatest of all time. I'm assuming you're a Jordan guy. Uh, I'm I'm more of a anti-LeBron guy than I am a Jordan guy. Don't really want to get into it because I'll, I'll go on all day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a baseball guy, uh, yeah. but no, not not a big LeBron fan. And and speaking about goats and stuff like that in the game of baseball, man, I think a guy that kind of gets swept under the rug, not talked about enough, in my opinion, has to be Willie Mays. I mean. I- Back on it last night, I was looking at his stats and I was looking at his highlights on YouTube and just stuff that he's done. And it's like, this guy was a freak. Like, this guy doesn't get talked about enough, man. No, he he doesn't. I mean, he was he was unbelievable. One of the best. He is, like you said, one of the best of all time. I mean, he's got he's what number eight all time in home runs or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable fielder. He's got the everybody knows everybody knows the catch. Um, but I mean, if you look at his stats and his resume, it, almost nobody compares to it. There, there's a there's a lot of guys who I think you could say that about in Major League history. I mean, there there are these these icons that stand above the rest, like Babe Ruth, um, Ted Williams, etc. But there are so many guys. I mean, Stan Musial should be in the conversation. Um, Willie Mays, like you said, there are so many guys from that era who who just have ridiculous numbers and should be talked about more. And speaking about numbers, I wanted to bring something up, maybe controversial. I have no idea, but people, this is going to start a conversation. I might tweet this from my account. You might tweet this from yours. We'll figure it out. I have no idea. If you and I played baseball in the 1960s with our skill level now, with our skill level now, I genuinely think I could be over a 300 hitter. What do you think? Do you think you compete in Major League Baseball? In the 1960s? Um, no. Nolan, Nolan Ryan made his debut in 66. I mean, that's not, that's not something I want to face or be able to hit. Um, I know not everyone was Nolan Ryan, obviously. But I'm, I'm very respectful of, of the old-timers. I think, that, um, I think those guys are really good. I think, people, I think people don't give them 
the due respect that they deserve. Um, in terms of like thinking about players now playing then or bringing someone up to now, like it, it's not a con- it's not really something that you can feasibly think about. Yeah, that's what you say about like that's what people say about kind of the goat debate. Is like, what if Jordan played in this era? It's like whatever. I mean, you can't you can never you can never say that. But I'm gonna take that to my grave because, like I said, I was a 186 JUCO hitter in Nebraska, so obviously I wasn't the greatest hitter. So right. I'm gonna say, let's just say the 19. Okay, I'll be I'll be humble. I'll say the 1940s when they were throwing like maybe 88 miles an hour, <laughs> 85 miles an hour. I could hit over 300. I, I truly believe it, man. And you're selling yourself short. Because you're wearing a Columbia baseball shirt right now, humble brag, not a big deal. You could definitely hit. I think I'm going to pump your tires here. You could hit over 300 in the 1940s for sure. Well, if we're, well, if we're talking 40s, man, we're, it's a totally different story. Because you got you got replacement players. They're pulling kids out of high school to fill in for the for the veterans. Um, now, now we're talking. We could we could be some stars back then, man. Okay. Because people might be talking about Ben Porter, Johnny June to now. Like, are these guys the GOAT? Look at their numbers. Are these guys the GOAT? <laughs> but I wanted to – let's go back into this year about baseball. I just wanted to see kind of where your head's at. What were you kind of the most excited to watch, like narrative-wise or just player-wise this year? Um, I'm excited about the White Sox, definitely. Um, Luis Robert, um, he'll be fun to watch. That whole team, Yohan Mankata. Um, Giolito, they've got a they've got a great young core. I think it'd be interesting to see how they how they fare against a pretty strong. Well, I guess three of the teams are strong in that division, um, and then the Reds, who are pretty much in the same position in the uh, in the NL Central. So that was exciting to me. Um, I was looking forward to that. Obviously, looking forward to seeing how people uh, pitch against the Astros. Um, which I guess people are kind of starting to forget about. Maybe the Yankees will have a little scandal in a in a week or two. That'll be awesome. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I can't think of any uh, specific like players trying to break records or anything like that. But definitely a couple teams in particular I was looking forward to. For sure, I I was definitely, and this is obvious. People are gonna fucking punch the air when they hear this. I was looking forward to the Blue Jays, man. I mean, I, people could talk shit about them, and they could say they're not good and they're not a wagon, but they are a wagon. Like people are gonna really, really. Someone's gonna quote me back on this when this podcast gets bigger than it is, and people are gonna be like, Johnny was right because you, and even you being a Red Sox fan, you could look at the Jays right now and you could genuinely say the this team is gonna be a wagon. I mean, Bobuchet, who's a dog. Vladdy, Calvin Biggio, front of the show, Nate Pearson, who's a freak on the mound, yeah. obviously, he's the GOAT. And then it just and then you just drafted, we just drafted Austin Martin, who's who's disgusting. He's supposed to be the number one overall pick. It's just they got I mean, Lords, Lords Guriel. Yeah, Guriel. I do they're they're uh, and Randall Gritchick in center, who's a pre, who's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's a good, pretty good baseball player, a good veteran for the for the young guys. The Jays are gonna be a wagon. People can quote me back on this, man, and maybe you can even back me up. The Jays are going to be good in a couple years. Well, for sure. No, for sure, man. Definitely. Um, they're in a tough division, though. I will say that. I mean, yeah. it's going to be it's going to be a dogfight in in a couple years, which will be. I mean, it'll be great for baseball. It'll be fun. Um, they're one of the most likable teams in the league. If you don't like that young core, if you don't like Bo Bichette, Vlad Jr., Lords Gurriel, Kevin Biggio, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I don't know who else you're going to like if you don't like that team. 
Yeah, for sure. And let's talk about your Red Sox for a second. What are, what, what is your thoughts going into this season about the Red Sox? I mean, you gave away Mookie Betts, one of the guys that was like, he's, in my opinion, he's on pace to be just like a Mike Trout kind of guy, like one of the best ever. He's, Mookie Betts is a freak. Confirmed. Mookie Betts is a freak. Confirmed, yes. Yeah. So what are your thoughts going into this kind of season? I mean, whole different team pretty much, right? Yeah, I mean... I was not happy when they traded Mookie. I mean, you're talking about a team that won the World Series two seasons ago. And the the makeup of the team is not all that much different than it was when they won it. So I didn't really understand. I guess with the Yankees, supposed to be really good. I understand a little bit. But trading Mookie off of a team that has Rafael Devers, that has Andrew Benintendi, Xander Bogarts, um, you have Chris Sale, who who's going to be out of commission now, but you have a lot of good pieces that pretty much J.D. Martinez, I didn't even say. I mean, you have a lot of guys who are super talented. They were on the World Series championship team. I don't understand punting. Um, I just don't understand punting when I think that they could have contended. Uh, I'm not. I'm holding a grudge against Alex Verdugo just because he's a Mookie replacement. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you got talent in return. I get that. It's, uh, it's looking good because, because Mookie will get what 48, 50 games at most with the Dodgers. Yeah, exactly. So that's nice. But, um, I, I wasn't happy about it, but with a shortened season, who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll win the AL East. Yeah. If you guys won the AL East, that would just be incredible. But this is the last question that I have for you. Um, what's, if you were a gambling guy. What would be the best bet that you would place going into this season? For me, I'll, I'll start with me while you think. I would take the over, whatever it is, in the Cincinnati <laughs> Reds win total. The Cincinnati Reds win total, what it was, you know what it was start of the year, I believe? It was 82. That was their over-under, 82 wins. Like, they would, they're going to smash that. Like, they're disgusting. Dude, they just got, I mean, they just got uh, Nick Castellanos, I believe. And, and they have a good pitching core, good bullpen. It's just 82. That would be the biggest lock of the millennium, and I might be mushing it by saying it, but that would be my pick. Who? What What would you take as kind of a, a, a best bet for you going into the season? Johnny, do you know what my job is? What's your job? I, uh, I make lines. You That's make lines? Job. I make lines. I set odds. So uh, those, those win totals you're talking about, that's, that's my job to come up with those. So um, I, I, my... Uh, my best bet, I, w- I would take Clev to win the uh, the Cy Young. Really, I-, I like him. I think his price is a bit uh, his price is a bit low, but if you could get him, you could get him at good odds. I think that's a that's a good pick. Okay, we just we're just gonna scave over that. That's your job. That's inc- that's like my dream. Like that that's your <laughs> job. You make what, what? So who do you do? Who do you make the win totals and stuff for? Like what, um, what's the website? Bunch of different, bunch of different uh, casinos use our lines and stuff. But like DraftKings uses our uses our lines. Um, Parks Casino, Rivers Casino, um, some yeah, some local places around Philadelphia area. And then there's some online ones. Penn National, so Barstool Sportsbook's yeah. going to be using them. So it's pretty, pretty cool to see them around. Yeah, that's. I mean, you're you're living my dream. So just shout out to you for that. But. 
So what what are your thoughts then on the Reds' win total, man? I mean, I I think that's like kind of low just based off the team that they have, and I, I could be tr- I, this could be coming at you. I have no idea. I don't know if you specifically had this at eighty, had them at eighty two, I believe what it was. But what what are your thoughts on that win total? People people love the Reds this season. I mean, you could find them at eighty two. I agree with you. I think I had them at eighty four, um, eighty four and a half maybe, but. People are going to take the over on that. People are taking them to win the the division, the league, the the World Series. So, I mean, they're definitely a talented team. I think it's a really tough division to to run away with. You know, Cubs, Cardinals, and Brewers could all, and the Reds could all theoretically win that division. So it's going to be a dogfight. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely definitely a popular pick. Definitely, they got some talent there. It'll be interesting to see how they. They all work, work together. Castellanos, uh, new guy, but he had a freaking awesome year with the Cubs. Hopefully for them, I mean, he can repeat that. So there, there's a lot of moving pieces there, but I, I think they could definitely definitely be good, and a lot of people like them to win the division. Yeah, for sure. And this is my sleeper. It's going to be Jesse Winker for MVP, my boy. Let's start it. Hashtag Wink for MVP. Uh, Winker, yeah, we're, we're just going to hammer it. Just screw it. Whatever the odds are, I'm guessing they're pretty good odds. I'm going to take Winker for MVP pretty high. Yeah. for 2020. Who, so who has been like the MVP favorite pick like with, like with the casinos and stuff right now? Um, your guy, Austin Meadows, has been a popular pick. Just because he's got, you know, uh, it's, how would you say? It's cheap to bet on him, I guess. Yeah. You get good odds good. on him. Yeah. Um, people love Acuna for the NL. Um, people love Jack Flaherty for the Cy Young. Um, yeah, those are those are a couple popular ones. But I wouldn't say anyone's really running away with it. People love Eloy to hit the most home runs. Um, so yeah, a good good number of number number of guys who are who are popular picks. But uh, no one no one running away with anything. Okay. All right. So yeah, we're you're you're gonna you might have to just hop on here and just be our betting guy every once in a while because <laughs> I definitely need it. Anyways, though, yeah. I appreciate you hopping on this. So we'll, we'll stay in touch, though, bro. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. It was uh, it was fun. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at a fish on a fish pod and on Instagram at officially unofficial pod. Thank you. <laughs>